Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 201. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing, Kevin? Really sore and tired. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon 2016. So much fucking snow. Everywhere. everywhere. In New York, we had flooding. We had thunder snow. Thunder snow. Yeah. I love thunder snow. It was intense. I love thunder snow. We we made it through it though. The the snow's already melting, so I think we'll be good to go as it uh, clears out this week. But uh, yeah, fun times. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because I didn't have to shovel. I didn't. I didn't have to shovel and snowblow like you did. Yeah, I. I think I spent both days. I think I spent like five hours. They're just shoveling and snow blowing. It's the worst. I remember doing that back in the old days. Uh, just endless shoveling. Everybody else. So I, I, I remember there were also times when it would would be like ice too. Where remember it would like it would melt and then it would refreeze and there'd be yeah, two would, inches of ice you'd and you'd have to pull out the old. Yeah, you have to pull out the old ice chipper. Good times. Good yeah. times. Uh, festival time is upon us, so this week we're going to be talking about three indies that are playing at this year's Slam Dance Film Festival in beautiful Park City, Utah, with Marjorie Conrad's Chemical Cut, Derek Kimball's Neptune, and Paul Taylor's Driftwood. We'll also be talking about some uh, some other festival movies. We've got some Sundancey things in there, some other Slam Dancey things, so. Even though we can't be there in person this year, we are there in spirit. Uh, we'll also be talking about some movie we're watching on the watch list. Movie predictions, new on video on demand, Blu-ray releases. Let's talk uh, some movie news. I don't have a whole lot this week, but uh, most most of the stuff, I thought we could talk about some Sundance stuff. Some oh. news coming out of Sundance. Just a couple things. Okay. I thought, uh, I thought it was mostly going to be about white people saying stupid things. <laughs> No, no, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not dealing with that. Keep your mouth shut. Not going to deal with any of that business this week. So, out of Sundance, got some... Now, mind you, this we're recording this on Sunday. So, the festival just started. So, there's going to be plenty more uh, acquisitions and things like that coming out this week. So far, Sony Pictures Classics acquires Eat That Question, Frank Zappa in his own words. That's a... Frank Zappa documentary. You you excited for this one? I didn't even know there was one, but yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, you're a big Zappa head. I always say, I I love anything with Zappa. Is that is that what you people call yourselves, Zappa heads? Zappa heads? No, I guess we could though. I'll call okay. myself a Zappa head. Sure, let's do Zappa. That Zappa freak. <laughs> uh, I'm not so much. I mean, I guess a little bit. Zappa's the best. I, I am interested in the documentary, though. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be good. Netflix acquires the Iranian horror film Under the Shadow. That's fantastic. Obviously, this one I'm I'm all about. This one. That's great. I'm I'm really excited for this one. I heard nothing but good things out of uh, its premiere this week. So very excited for that. XYZ Films was involved with selling the rights to that, and uh, I like I like what those guys do over there. 
doing, XYZ. They're doing good things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazon picks up Kenneth Lonergan's Manchester by the Sea. Have you been reading about this one? I've I, I've heard that people like it. Yeah, I heard, I heard that it's uh, like soul crushing. Like it is, it's a very emotionally charged movie. Like it'll leave you in tears. Oh boy, that's what I've been hearing. Casey Affleck is in it, and uh, Michelle Williams, I believe, and uh, Gretchen Mull, I think. I uh, looks good. I don't I don't know about Kenneth Lonergan. He he hasn't really won me over. I think the only thing, the other thing I saw by him was uh, Margaret. And like that, that's pretty good. I liked it. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not so sure. I, that was the one that had the, it was like 150 minutes long, but then there was like that other, there was like another super long version of it or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, I can't even remember which one I saw. It's this, that, that's wasn't the thing. There, I, like, wasn't there a part of it where it's like, oh, the one cut is absolute trash, and then the other cut. Yeah. It was like, I, his I'm pretty cut. sure I. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw the long one because I do. I remember it being unbelievably long. <laughs> That's how you remember. It just never. It just it never took up ending. a large portion of your day. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking that it was okay though. I didn't hate it or anything. So I don't know. Uh, I'm. I'll be sure to check out Manchester by the Sea because I've been hearing nothing but great things. Uh, the only other bit of Sundance news I wanted to mention was this this uh, Swiss Army Man movie. Have you? <laughs> Have you read about this thing? Uh, Swiss, so, Swiss Army Man. Yeah, Swiss Army Man. It's with Paul Dano and, and Daniel Radcliffe. And it's about... So Paul Dano plays a guy who gets stranded on an island. And he's there for, I guess, a couple weeks. And a body washes ashore. And the body is Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. And he uses... He ends up using the body... As, like, a tool for doing different things. Okay. Hence the Swiss Army Man title. But I guess one, one of the things about it is uh, he's, like, incessantly farting. He's just, like, farting nonstop. A dead body. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he has a perpetual boner. Hmm. So... Uh, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is also in it. It's directed by Dan Kwan and uh, Daniel Shine, Shiner. So... So Daniel Radcliffe just gets to play a corpse. I guess. He just plays a corpse for the entire movie. <laughs> uh, what I'm wondering is if at some point there's sort of a, a Wilson thing that happens where, you know, he, he has conversations with him and stuff. I, I think that that's what probably occurs. Like Daniel, like he, he starts hallucinating that Daniel Radcliffe is speaking to him or something. Hmm. That's just my guess. I don't know that for a fact. But, uh, yeah, I think that um, I read on my Twitter feed that there were something like 30 walkouts, and some of the volunteers actually thought the movie was over. <laughs> there were so many people walking out of it. But then other people <laughs> other people were saying that it's great, that it's, like, really funny and, and kind of quirky, and it's this kind of uh, meditation on, on mortality. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. It seems like it's definitely going to be... Uh, probably the, one of the most divisive films of the festival. Yeah. But I'm actually interested in seeing it. the idea of using a corpse as a, as a tool for carrying out tasks is interesting to me. It It is interesting because one of the first things I think of is like how many how many different things can you use a corpse right. for? Right, exactly. I'm, I'm interested oh, yeah. in the idea of using a corpse as a tool. 
This can't so, be, there can't be that many things that a corpse would help you out with. I wouldn't think. I guess. I guess uh, we'll have to see Swiss Army Man and find out. I I don't I don't know. I uh, the farting thing doesn't bother me. Like that. I guess maybe for some people they find that to be too lowbrow or whatever. But the fact is, it's a corpse. It's filled with gases. There's all sorts. There's all sorts of gases in there. Yeah. Guys, if you start poking a prod in that corpse, it's gonna fart. This get the gases have to escape. Okay, they have to go yep. somewhere. Same with the boner thing. Yeah, that's just that's just nature. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, can't work around that. They probably researched it. They researched it. I'm sure. Either way, I'm interested. I'll check it out. Uh, so let's sorry, see. Man. <laughs> so I just sorry, man. the best part about this is I've heard absolutely nothing about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, and Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in it too. And Daniel Radcliffe plays plays a corpse, <laughs> farting corpse, a farting corpse with a perpetual boner. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Come on, guys. I mean, how how does that not sound appealing? <laughs> Just... You know, I'm always wanting, and I'm always calling for and champion new ideas and fresh ideas. So. I have to give it a watch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Trailers this week. Keanu. This is the uh, Key and Peele action comedy. Okay. Uh, not not so sure. Not so sure about this one. I do. I like Key and Peele, but I don't. I'm not. I don't know. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll probably check it out. Yeah. It's all about uh, a kidnapped kitten. A kitten napping. What? A kitten named Keanu. Oh, can't be stealing cats. Who steals cats? Method Man, apparently. Method Man stealing cats? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, Suicide Squad got a new trailer. Great new trailer. I thought the first trailer was good. I think this one is also good, so don't let me down, DC and Warner Brothers. Don't let me down with this one. I'm I'm really pumped for Suicide Squad. I think it's going to be... Uh, I mean, as long as the trailers do it justice. Which they usually don't. I know that's that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> the the trailers are just cut together so well with the music and everything. It's it looks like it's going to be really really cool. So check out the new Suicide Squad trailer. I, I don't feel like it gives away too much. So yeah, feel free to check that out. Um, let's see. The only other trailer there there have been a couple Sundance related trailers that came out. Herzog's new movie Low Lo and Behold okay. uh, has a trailer out. Which is a documentary about technology, Her- Herzog's take on technology and the future us. of. He's trying to kill us, isn't it? I-, I think it's largely about artificial intelligence. Okay. So yes, short answer, yes. It's probably like just technology's trying to kill us, and then you know he takes a break for five minutes to film some hedgehogs or something. Yeah, mysterious. Mysterious I'll white alligator. <laughs> hedgehogs pop up out of nowhere. Um, Brahmin Naman got a teaser trailer. This is a another Sundance film, the coming of age sex comedy. Looks pretty funny. Oh boy! Yeah, I was pretty excited with the teaser. It's a, it's an Indian film, uh, but it is in the English language, and it's about a group of friends heading to a national quiz championship. But they're also trying to lose their virginity. Oh, shit. Shenanigans. Shenanigans ensue. Shenanigans everywhere. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much shenanigans. All day. <laughs> All day shenanigans. 
Uh, the other, the only other trailer that I'll mention, and it's a, uh, it's not a festival trailer, but it's the invitation that got a trailer. Karen Kusama's. Yes. Give it. We talked. We no, we didn't talk about that last week. We talked about it off air, and then yeah. we were both like, "Yes, please." Yeah. So uh, this one looks really interesting. It's uh, not. I don't. The trailer doesn't give anything away, which I, I think is probably a good thing. But it's just uh, about. A strange dinner party where this guy shows up and it's his ex-wife's and her new husband's dinner party and he shows up and there's these kind of strange people there and things get progressively uh, stranger throughout the night and you're never sure like what's real and what's not and it just uh, seems to escalate into some sort of nightmare scenario. Oh boy. Yeah, that's a dinner party. Yeah, the whole th- actually the whole thing is a nightmare scenario. <laughs> Showing up to your ex-wife's dinner party. <laughs> It'd be funny if that's all it was. Yeah, there was no, there was nothing to it. It's just the guy accidentally showing up at his ex-wife's <laughs> dinner party, and he just has to suffer through a dinner party. Because that right there sounds terrifying. It does sound terrifying. It sounds absolutely awful. I mean, in every just, way, just a dinner party in general. Yeah. Yep. We're not what you call social butterflies, though, Kevin. Some people like dinner parties. Dinner parties are just weird. If you like dinner parties, you're fucked up. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I think it's most people just feel obligated to to either A, throw them, or B, attend them. I don't think anybody really likes it. No. I mean, the only reason people come is because of the food. Yeah, you anyway. take food out, people are like, well, what's the fucking point? Anyway, yeah. But th- just a heads up, people, you can eat at home. You can go to get you yourself can, a TV dinner. <laughs> you can get a hungry man, get a banquet. You know? Oh God! Just, just say, I would rather eat a banquet than go to a dinner party. Oh, God. <laughs> That's how much I hate dinner parties. I'd rather eat a dinty more beef stew. Dinty more. <laughs> oh, you're saying so many horrible things that uh, I I thought that I forgot about. Bringing them back. Nostalgia. Hungry man dinners. Hell yeah, that shit's got like 340% sodium. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, speaking of hungry man, just as a random thing, um, at one on one of my computers at, at work, someone changed the desktop wallpaper to an ad for hungry man dinners. <laughs> so every time you log on to that computer, <laughs> it's an ad for hungry man dinners. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some slam dance stuff. Slam so, dance. slam dance. If you're not familiar, it happens concurrently with Sundance. It's it's like uh, it's like the little cousin of Sundance, sort of. Okay. It's it happens in Park City. It's at one of the theaters in Park City, and uh, they usually have about a hundred films that screen there. Uh, they have. 70 or so, so short films and about 30, 30 uh, features. This year got plenty plenty of good stuff. We'll be writing up reviews for a lot of this stuff on the site, and we're going to be talking about some of them today. Uh, which one do you want to start with, Kevin? Let's jump into Neptune first. Okay, we'll do Neptune first. So this is directed by Derek Kimball, and I should note that the some of the parameters to for Sundance, first-time director... And budget of a million or less, or maybe it's less than a million. But those are those are the two parameters to be to qualify for competition right. in slam dance. 
sometimes they, they do this like spotlight. I think it's spotlight program where it's like second time directors. Um, but yeah, for the most part, first time directors, less than a million. Okay. Neptune. Okay. Directed by Derek Kimball. I have a synopsis here. Affected by a classmate's sudden disappearance, an orphan girl raised in a church on a small island off the coast of Maine falls into an obsessive mania on her way to discovering herself. Eh. Maybe. I guess. I guess I'll go with that. Stars Jane Ackerman, Dylan Chestnut, and Jeffrey Charles Day. Tony Riley. I was just trying to see. Oh, yeah, Tony Riley. Reverend Jerry, Reverend Jerry Cook. Jerry Cook. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. You're, you're doing reviews for both Driftwood and Chemical Cut, right? Correct. So I'll start it off with Neptune. All right. Uh, I'll, Hit me. I, I liked it at first. Okay. I was into it at first. I will say that the, uh, the cinematography in this one is is pretty top-notch. It's quite good. I especially like the underwater stuff that they would kind of cut to periodically in in the kind of dream sequences. Uh, And I just, I like the location. I like the kind of little island, uh, New England island area that this was shot in. The, I I guess it was, I had a fine time with it, but it started losing me. I felt like it went on a little bit too long. It was just, it just started dragging for me uh, as as it went along. It does seem like it's kind of like stuck in a loop there for a little bit. But overall, I I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought that the the girl, Jane Ackerman, did quite a good job. And I also liked the, um, is it, is Thomas Parker the, is he the fisherman? Is that Dylan Chestnut? I think so. I, th- I think that's him. The, see, the problem with a lot of these movies is that it's hard to tell which characters are. I can't are remember. Who. I liked him, the the lobster, the lobsterman. Wait and uh, I thought that. Uh, the, the lobsterman is William Donahue. He's the, oh, yeah. uh, he's the lobsterman. I liked him. I thought he did a really good job. And I thought that uh, Tony Riley did a good job, too. I liked the. I liked all the the kind of production design in this. Like I liked her little shed fort thing, and I liked the the VHS tapes that she would get from the school that she was which, trying yeah, to get into. I, which I love that because that's you know that's just attention to detail and these mm-hmm. small little things. I mean, they really nailed nailed that VHS tape for what was the holy name? Holy name school that, for girls. Yeah, it was holy something. I think it was just holy name, which that could, could I be. think. I just found that humorous that instead of coming up with a holy name, we just name it holy name. Oh, I love the fact that they were still. I don't. I mean, I don't know when this is supposed to take place. I think but... it's like 1989. Was it? I think that's what it said in the the opening the opening credits. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Which again, I like the design on the opening credits. Nice work. Yes, of course. Nice yeah. work. Loved it. Enjoyed it uh, immensely. So... So what what did you think? Cinematography is gorgeous. Looks great. Looks fantastic. I do like one of the things that I appreciated the most about this movie is you know we're always well at least I am I'm always kind of complaining about um, these these coming of age stories and how they're always ridiculous because it's like some big event occurs and that's how they come of age and it's like you know that rarely ever happens. You just 
come of age and you don't even really right. know it. Yeah. And that's what I like because this is kind of what happens in this film. I mean, you have that her her schoolmate disappearing, but which I, I thought was kind of interesting. They throw that out there at the beginning, but that really doesn't play into it that much outside of <clears throat> her ended up helping yeah. the father. Yeah, I think it was kind of a catalyst. It was kind of, it, it, it clearly, when it happened, it affected her yeah. in such a way that it made her start to look for answers. And that's what led her to working with the father of the missing boy and that's what kind of made her realize, like, look, uh, okay, clearly I wasn't happy with the way things were, but this makes me happy. Yeah. I enjoy this. And then also you have, the, on top of that, the way that the, the Reverend, Reverend Jerry Cook, <laughs> he has, you know, he starts having some issues with her doing, doing yeah. the lobster. And, and, you know, that opens her eyes a little bit, too. Yeah, because he kind of turns into a D-bag. Dude, he, holy shit. He gets... <laughs> Oh boy! The whole the confession scene. Yeah, he gets a bit unhinged. Yeah. Jesus, chill out, Cook. <laughs> but uh, but I would say you know kind of agree with you. It, it does it it drags on a little bit a bit too long. And now I like the the underwater uh, vision things, whatever you want to call them, where she kind of sees sees him, and then what there's like a she gets eaten by a shark or something. They were interesting, uh, but it kind of felt like they they kept going back to that well a bit too much, and it wasn't really adding anything. You know, it's just like a shot of her and a shot of the, the shot of the the yeah. kid, and then a shot of her, and it's just like okay. And then no, when they then, would they would come back to it again, and be like a shot of her, and you're like, all right, yeah, I get it. Well, then they switched it up towards the end with the one where she's kind of hanging out there on the rock. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I agree with you though. I think that. They did go back to it several times. Maybe if they shortened those sequences up a, a little bit, that it would have. And I think that that kind of goes for some some of the other scenes as well. Maybe just tighten, squeeze them down a little bit. Tighten them up. Yeah. Tighten them up a little bit. Cinch them in. Cinch them in a little bit. A little bit too much uh, fat on there. But yeah, I will agree that you know cinematography is great. I, I did enjoy the story, and I completely agree with you, uh, Jane Ackerman really handles everything quite well. And I think her performance really, that alongside the cinematography kind of keeps you engaged, even when the story kind of breaks down a little bit and there's not much to it. And it kind of just, you get the sense that it's kind of just wandering around, not really sure where to go. But those Mm -hmm. two elements kind of keep you in there. Yeah, that's kind of, um, that kind of just plays into the state of mind of uh, Hannah at that time. Like she, she, she is kind of lost. I mean, she's not, See, she's being raised by the Reverend, but she's not, he's not her father. Yeah. So, so, you know, she, she, I feel like she's kind of, she feels kind of alone in this world. And that's why she tries to be friends with that one guy who's like a total asshole to her. I know. <laughs> which, which I don't understand how his mood swings, that dude, cause he was like kind of nice there for a second, but then he's like, fuck off and then rode it and like kicked her off the bike and rode away yeah and i'm like what what is this that that little prick i was kind of hoping it he would <laughs> he would watch that i was hoping he would, i was hoping he'd get it but yeah he didn't get it unfortunately no. but also what the hell jerry cook tacking on at the end of the funeral what the hell are you thinking yeah that was uh the hell are you thinking man 
<laughs> I'm not sure what that was all about. Why he why he went there with it? It seemed seemed a bit excessive. Yeah, he well, he's clearly not. He's not all there. I, I think the this the isolated island life it's gotten to him. him gets his, gets to these people. Him and his little church. He just seems really obsessed with Holy Name for some reason. Well, I love how. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, because he wants to spread the word of his church. See everything that he's doing for Hannah. It's it's all in the guise of helping her. When in fact, all he wants to do is promote his church. Because at first, he gets pissed that she's doing the the lobster thing because she's slacking on her chores. Yeah. around the church. Yeah. So it's like it's all everything that he's like complaining about. It's all for completely selfish reasons. Yeah, but I mean, Reverend Cook, you're on an island, right? So you're like. Your potential congregation, there, there's there's obviously a ceiling to it. There's like six people. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you, it, like people aren't gonna like take a ferry to the island to go to your right, church. Right, exactly. Okay, your church doesn't even have enough room for that many people. Let's be honest; yeah. it can fit maybe sixty people in their tops, and that's if they're scrunched in there. Yeah, I mean, and this is a very and your sermons aren't even that good. I mean, there's that one sequence where he you know he's given the sermon and everything and when he's doing the when he does the um when he does the funeral and i mean it's just it's amateur hour <laughs> you are not a good you're not a good reverend I'm sorry uh, i uh i liked uh, maybe i don't know if it was my favorite sequence but one, one sequence that i liked a lot was when they went to the the woman's house when they took the boat to the woman's house to give to do do the last rites. Yeah, and just what a what a clusterfuck that turned out to be. <laughs> oh man, I thought I thought that that was kind of a, a culminating thing. There are great moments in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking back, I I enjoyed the movie quite a bit, um, despite it at times dragging. Yeah, I mean, it has its fault, but for for a coming of age film. Which is something I don't, you know, I don't really get into. I just well, don't see the need for them. And, it's, and I think it's mostly just due to the fact that there's so many of them. Yeah. And with this one, like you said before, it's, it's kind of an understated coming of age. It's, yeah, which I not really like, appreciate that. Thank goodness. Like, it may have started off with a certain event happening, but it's not... I mean, it was more so just her... Growing up, she she's graduating, and she's the only graduate person that graduates. Well, yeah, and I mean, their schoolhouse had like what eleven kids in it. Yeah, and they're all the, like completely different ages. That's what I mean. Like, what is Reverend Cook expecting? Could, I don't know about his church. Ain't nobody coming. No, no, no. Yeah, I do not know, but yeah. great poster too. Fantastic poster. Yeah, this one this one was a surprise. Uh because the trailer, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I didn't see the trailer no. But the trailer's like all nar- it's like narrated. Oh boy, that's and, a terrible and, idea. And I thought that the whole the movie was going to be like that. And it has the trailer has this kind of Beast of the Southern Wild Malik vibe to it. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm I'm not so sure about this one." <laughs> but, but I was I was really surprised to see that the the movie itself there is none of that narration or anything and well that's good that's you know the one time that you get false advertising from a from a trailer it's in a good way yeah 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 i was i was pleased with the end result um 
Yeah, I liked it. I, th- I thought that uh, definitely cinematography, strongest, strongest element. Oh, yeah, they really they make the most of the, the surrounded landscape. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on Neptune? Uh, one second here. Because, yeah, one final thought, as I would say, is um, for this being a debut, I mean, this is quite a polished production. Yeah. For a debut. Yeah. I mean, it looks... It looks very high quality, high production values in this. Yeah, it looks good. I definitely, I I would uh, recommend this one. And I think a lot of what we've seen in the past with de- with debuts from directors is that they try to cram a lot of stuff into their movie. And this movie is very, it's very trimmed down for the most part. And and I think that it works in its favor. It's it's a pretty minimal story. Yeah. And not a lot and not a lot happens, but I think in a lot of ways that it's it benefits from it. It sure does. Yeah. Sure does. Alright, let's go ahead and give this one a score. Kevin, what are you gonna give Neptune? Neptune? I'm gonna give Neptune Oh, this is a tough one. I'd say like seven? Is it seven? Solid. I'm gonna give it a uh I'll give it a I'll say seven too. I don't I see I'm because I'm kinda leaning six and a half. Yeah, I, I'm like a, I'm, a, I'm at like a six six point seven five on this one. I'm like a six point seven two. Okay, so there you go. There you go. That's Neptune. Keep an eye out for that one. I do recommend seeing that if it comes out. Now, as with most of these movies, there's the dis- distribution is a little up in the air, so there's no like release dates or anything like that. But we will be sure to um, keep you posted on any release dates that may be announced for these movies. Let's move on to our next one. Uh, I think Driftwood is a good transition. Driftwood, let's do it. Yeah, I think I think that's a good transition. So this one is written and directed by Paul Taylor. The synopsis says, A young woman washes ashore and is taken in by a stranger. Now, the... To the point. The, the selling point, the, the thing to note, the gimmick, if you will, with this movie, is that it is completely dialogue-free. No dialogue so, in there. No, no dialogue at all in this one. Which uh, I'll now, be honest, I was, that was a little apprehensive I was, about yeah, going into. Definitely, definitely. Like, because oh without dialogue, your movie can get boring real fast. Real like, quick. Real quick. Uh, fortunately, I, I was not bored by this movie. Uh, I thought that in a lot of ways, I mean, just last year we had The Tribe, which is another movie that was audible dialogue free. I mean, I would say that there's still dialogue in it, but it's all in sign language. Um, I would say that they, the way that they handled it was more effective because there was more emotion coming from the characters, whereas in this movie, there's almost no emotion coming from any of the characters at all. They were all very flat. I mean, there was, like, nothing. These people were blank slates for the most part. For the most and part. That was- Except for the guy. He did, you know, he did get frustrated occasionally. The, yeah. I think, like, what's his character's name on IMDb? I think it just says Old Man. Old Man. Yeah. Paul C. Kelly. Old Man. Which I didn't think he was that old. No. I wonder, he I wonder, he I wonder, look that old at all. I wonder how he feels about that. <laughs> old Man. He looks like he's, like, 40. Yeah. He doesn't even look that old at all. No. The one scene that got me was the one where he, they just show him standing there, and he stands there for about 10 seconds and then just gets this big smile, this, like, fake smile on his face. And it was so creepy. <laughs> uh, this is this is such a 
I don't know about you, but I was just completely intrigued the whole time because I just I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. And I wanted to know so badly. Like, I just yeah. wanted it to get to the end so I could figure out why and how and just have all those questions answered. Yeah. Because, I mean, it doesn't start. You have it doesn't start off good. Let's I mean, it, you have a young woman washing ashore and taken in by using air quotes here, old man. <laughs> I'm going to say middle-aged man. Yeah. <laughs> and you just... <laughs> he's, he's 40. He's like 40 years old. He's he's probably like seven years older than the guy that washes the shoe. <laughs> I mean, they, they look like they're very close to the same. Yeah. Anyway. It's just a little bit older. I like how we're going to get hung up on that point. Yeah. We're just Let's dissect that for the next hour. I'm sure that the reason that they did that is to distinguish oh, I'm him, sure. from, him from the other man. But, but still. Maybe uh, older. Maybe they'd put yeah, older. older. Just put older man. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Middle-aged man? You could just do middle-aged <laughs> man. And then for the other character, you could just put 20-something. Or or just don't put anything. You don't have to put character names there. You can just <laughs> list the actors. Guy one. Guy two. <laughs> Oh, so where were we? What were we talking about? So she washes. So yeah, girl, so young the, young girl washes the shore. Which you're already like, ah, oh, this is not going to end well for anyone involved. No, of course not. And then, of course, you know, the next shot of her is in the back of his jeep, and you're like, well, this is really not going to end well. So you already pretty much you have it kind of mapped out in your head that like this is not going to end well. It can't end well, and it doesn't. But it's still surprising in the way that it ends. The way everything plays out, and it, it's just I kept trying to like trying to decipher what the hell was going on here, like why? Because it's never explained why they, there's no dialogue. No, you, you know you have no dialogue whatsoever. And judging from the young woman who's played by uh, Dawson Jensen, who was also in um, Funny Bunny, mm-hmm. so at first you have the sense of like he's like. Like getting her house trained in a yeah. sense where you're like, okay, so this isn't like he's helping. Okay. But then, yeah, of he's course, cleaning, he's yeah, cleaning yeah. her up. He's teaching her how to use the, the toilet and like eat properly and, and clean, wash dishes and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously things shift a little bit. And you're like, okay, so now what's his intentions here? And then it gets even more confusing when the young man shows up, played by yeah. Michael Fenton, who was in uh, Wake Me Before I Leave, which is one of the, the main characters in that one. And that's just, it makes it even more bizarre because he seems complete, like he's like a brand new person. Like he was just born, but he was born at the age of, you know, like 28 or 29 or something. Well, that's what I, that's what I, how I felt about the, the, about Jocelyn Jensen's character too. Like they're just, they're new people. They're just it's new just people. New people. But then when, you know, when the old man's at the beach in his, in his downtime, I guess he just goes to the beach and does creepy stuff. There's other people around. And like, so, well, well, they can't be just new people, right? I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> they just, they're just people that washed ashore. But Michael they, Fenton did didn't wash ashore. The young man didn't wash ashore. He's shown frolicking and gallivanting in the water. Well, I think he did wash ashore, though. I mean, I, at least from the judging from the poster, it shows a guy and a girl. I don't know. He's shown he's shown playing around in the water, 
having well, yeah, having himself but, a but I think time. I think that that he he washed ashore and then was like, hey, this is fun. I'm in the ocean, and then began frolicking. <laughs> I'd like your. I'd like to think about that for a little bit. Just so I'm watching sure. And before, before you know, trying to figure out where the hell I am, live, what happened, how did I get here? Was I in some sort of accident? Am I okay? Like, <laughs> let me take a quick break. Let me enjoy Bef- this. Before, before experiencing Lan's sweet embrace, he had to just say goodbye. He's like, he had well, to bid bid adieu to the ocean. He's like, well, I'm already here. Might as well get. My little Wait, play, play time. Who knows when you're going to get back to the beach? Right, you don't know. You you got to make the the most of it, really. Yeah, because then again, he shows up, and then they start. We go through this whole process of of teaching again. He's he's like he's like just teaching new humans to be his family, and then things get weird because he's an old man. <laughs> and I, I love that how he the thing that he watches. On, in the living room, it's just the same. He watches like the same program over and over. No, like what? What the hell is that program too? <laughs> I don't know. That damn music. I don't, I don't know. Anytime that music came on too, I just started busting up laughing. Yeah, I don't know why that music <laughs> just just hilarious to me. It's uh, it's, it's very, just... it's a very odd little movie for sure. It sure is, sure is. I mean, I liked the end. I liked where Sweet it went Jesus. at the end. And I, and I mean, you. You kind of know, you kind of have it mapped out a couple of different ways. You have a couple of different paths. That you, of course, yeah. That you know how it's going to end. But right? Yeah, there's only going to be, there's one of several things could happen in, yeah. in the situation then, that they were in. And once the scene starts, because it's all single take, once the scene starts, you're like, okay, I kind of have an idea. Okay, I think I'm right that this is how it's going to end up. But... And then, you know, a couple minutes into the scene, you're like, yep, it's definitely going to play out it's yeah. exactly the way I thought it would. And there was, there was then, also some, foresh- there was some foreshadowing, yeah. too. But there's even a moment, just the way that it was executed still got me. Where I was still, oh, yeah. oh shit, I did not see that happening. Yeah, I thought that it was, the, the way that it was shot and, uh, and executed was, was great. And the, the, the uh, choosing to just keep the camera still. Perfect, perfect choice because you could you could still see. I mean, the you could still see what was going on in the background, but then you know the action took place in the foreground, and just how that transitioned was was great. Yeah, and then it just it, you know the camera stays there for the aftermath of it. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. it feels really awkward just to be in that situation because you feel like I should. I should do something. We should, like, it's, we should, should I call someone? We should, we should leave. Like, we should. I shouldn't be here for this. Yeah, we just leave now. This is kind of awkward. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an awkward movie. I, I had no idea. I think that it does take a little bit. You got to ease into it. It's it, like you said, it does not start off great because it's frustrating when characters are not talking yeah. on screen. You 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 you're waiting for them to say something, and it it makes you kind of feel antsy, you know, like it makes you unsettled. Yeah. When when they're not talking, because you feel like they should be talking, and just throwing you in, like you're just being thrown into the deep end with this one right from the beginning, and you have no idea who these characters are, what's going on. She's peeing she's just peeing at the table and you're just like what is happening here 
<laughs> what but, is this but, movie going to be about? But but once you once you settle in to what it is, and once you accept it for what it is, then then I think that it it becomes more entertaining. No, oh, most definitely, and it's still. And I broke this in my review. Is you know, it's kind of like it's like I said numerous times already. That it's kind of predictable. You know where it's going to go. But even with that, you're still intrigued and engaged because you just you want to know why. Yeah, you want to know answers. Why? <laughs> just the way things change. Like every like the the old man, the middle aged man, the forty year old. His like his motivations just completely change. Like, you know, a quarter of the way through, he's doing now, he's, his plan is completely different than what it was at the beginning, it seems right. like. And then yeah, it changes can... even more. And then when the young guy comes, his whole plan changes again. And then he kind of gets, you can tell he's kind of getting jealous. And he's got a state that, he you know, he's the alpha. Right. Which, yeah. So it all changes again. It's just, it's very bizarre. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because at first you think that he's going to be a creeper. You're like, oh, this guy's going to be a creeper. And then it's and then he kind of pulls pulls back a little bit. And you're like, oh, OK, maybe he's. Yeah, you're, you're kind of like, oh, man, I should, you know, judge a book by its cover. But, you know, yeah. deep down, he's still going to be a creeper. He's going to do yeah. something. Yeah. And then and then he does something. And you're like, oh, I fucking knew it. I knew he was a creeper. <laughs> there we go. But then he like kind of pulls back on it a little bit. Yeah, again. and then you're like, well, maybe I jump to conclusions. You know, okay, maybe he's back to being a good guy again. And then he goes back to being a fucking creeper. <laughs> yep. Yep. Some people just, just don't learn, I guess. This is, a, this is a movie that I would like to call indie as fuck because uh, the visuals were like quintessential indie movie visuals to me. Like you had a lot of the, the close up. Um, shots of uh, people standing outside, things like that. That uh, that just it felt very like a very indie movie to me. Mm. I did like the the night. Not that it was bad. I, I don't I don't mean to say that in, in a negative connotation. Or yeah. anything. It was well, you know, this the story that you have here. What what else can you really do? Yeah, I think it looked good. You can't visually. you can't get you can't get too crazy with the visuals. No, you can't. And it was a very but I did, uh, muted film all around. I did love the uh, the nighttime sequences where he's out with, searching with his flashlight. I did yeah. enjoy those. Yeah, that was cool. Which again, you know, you you think that she you can't decide if she's escaping when she kind of wanders off, or if she's just wandering off. Yeah, like she's she just exploring. Know, just doesn't know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Very very odd one. This this one. It's, it's it's a peculiar film. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and give Driftwood a score. I will score this a... I'll give it a um, a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. I give it a 7. Nice. Uh, keep an eye out for Driftwood. Again, we will update... Uh, we'll update the review with the release date. There so you just keep, keep an eye out on that. Final movie we're going to be talking about today is Chemical Cut. This is written and directed by Marjorie Conrad. Uh, it also stars Marjorie Conrad as Irene. I have a synopsis here. A misfit, misfit. I don't know. A misfit turned. LA, I don't know if I consider a misfit. Honestly, a misfit turned LA model struggles to define herself in the soul-crushing fashion industry until a mysterious woman's 
haunting performance strikes her imagination. Uh, okay. Again, I, I, I'm not sure that the, the haunting performance was really what... She maybe. didn't see that until much after. I mean, yeah. I do kind of... I see it to a point. So she did say after she watched it, you know, that that's what she's trying to capture. Yeah. Uh, so, interestingly, this is kind of based on, around the, the real-life experiences of the writer, director, and star of the film. She, she did model for a time, and this is kind of like based around her experiences. And there were several things that this movie did that I, that I liked that I actually haven't really seen too many times before in movies. Um, one is that it explored the idea of being a model, like the, the ridiculous shit that models have to go through. Yeah, which I didn't know a lot of this because I don't know anything about modeling. It's just so you know when she's going to the shoots and and they're just the, the, yeah, the especially the one the ridiculous list of everything that she has to bring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so I really appreciated the the film for that. I thought that it was it was really interesting to see um, that, and then also the fact that she was like being catcalled pretty much nonstop throughout the whole yeah. throughout the entire movie. And that that's a very real thing that happens. I mean, I, I literally see it happen every day in New York. Like, I'll be walking near someone or by someone who gets catcalled pretty much every single day. And it's like a very real thing that happens to women all the time. And you never see it in movies. You never, I mean, you do, but not. It's not in a realistic line. way. Yeah. yeah. And then there's even that extended sequence of like what it was like our second shoot or a third shoot or something like that. And the photographer is yeah. just doing it just constantly nonstop. And you're just like, sweet Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, f- for that, I really appreciate it because it's, it wasn't like the focal point of the movie that this happened, but it was just, it was like a through line. And it was it was like something that was just slowly chipping away at her every time it happened. Yeah. It's like a little piece of her got yeah. destroyed. She has enough to deal with. Yeah. And then you have that in in between, like from her traveling from one soul crushing experience to another soul crushing experience. The in between, the the traveling portion of that to get from one to the other, she's being harassed the entire time, which is just and then, like, oh god. And then on top of that, you have her her so-called friends that are just absolutely awful. The worst people. <laughs> the worst people, which is my number one criticism. <clears throat> and I wrote this in the review that I, you know, I can, I understand the inclusion of her, of her friend, Arthur, and I can, I can understand it. But at the same time, I don't want to have to spend that much time with this person. Like, I don't know why she chose to spend this much time with that person. Because he is, to me, he is one of the most obnoxious people I've ever seen in, yeah, in film. He's, he, he is, is horrible. the absolute worst. I mean, oh my God. I'm getting angry just thinking about him. It, it was funny, too, because at first, when they first introduced him, I was like, oh, he's going to be like the kind of the goofy friend character that, that yeah. like, you know, and brings... For- Bring some brevity to everything, but that's not it. He's just the most grating, annoying person ever. Oh my god, he's oh, he's the worst. 
He's the absolute worst. And yeah, at the beginning, you're kind of thinking like, oh, okay, that's just, that's who he is. He's kind of like the the no-nonsense, I'm just going to give everything to you straight. Just no bullshit. I'm a true friend. But then, you know, after a couple of experiences with him, a couple of scenes with the guy, you're like, sweet Jesus, yes, shut this, your mouth. Why are you, person why are you friends with worst. this person? Why is anyone friends with this person? I mean, this person, to a point, if if this was a real-life person, I would have nothing to do with him just based on the fact of the way that he freaks out about the tea kettle. Oh, God. Like, yeah. To me, that is a person that should no one should care about them at all. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, all right well, I'm going to go. That's what I'd say. I'd be like, I'm out of here. I, yeah, I would never talk to that person ever again. And I wouldn't really care if they ended up with cancer a year later and they were on their deathbed. I'd just be like, yeah, good, great. <laughs> serves you right probably the best thing that happened to you uh i thought that the although it is i guess a drama i thought that it was pretty funny no she handles yeah. the, the the dark comedy rather well i yeah. thought i thought there were a lot there were a lot of little throwaway lines and jabs at both the modeling industry and also just kind of life in la you know just being in los angeles and living that that life uh, a lot of it I've, I've found to be pretty funny, despite the fact that most of the acting is pretty bad throughout this movie. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit rough. Uh, the, the performances are definitely rough around the edges, but now it's, they're hit or miss really. Like with, um, with Marjorie, um, Conrad, I thought that she, she was hit or miss too. I thought that some of her dialogue was quite good and some of it was a little, yeah yeah a little shaky yeah <laughs> i think the high the highlight of her acting for me was when she was getting incessantly harassed by that photographer and just the way that she was reacting yeah because you could because well, you could tell that she just wanted to flip out yeah and that's that's actually a lot of a lot of what she does in this a lot of her expressions are just how she looks at you like it's a just, lot of a, a lot of it is facial. Exp- it's just her repressing so many things. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, she she reminded me a lot of Claire Danes for some reason in this. I thought she kind of looked like Claire Danes, and just her facial expressions and the way she, that she emoted remind me of Claire Danes. Okay, I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen enough of Claire Danes. Well, maybe you should watch some Homeland. Kevin. Homeland sounds like the dumbest fuck. <laughs> I'm not. A, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan, honestly. But, um, yeah. Overall, I I did enjoy this this one. I did think that it it, it had some some issues and some annoyances, especially Arthur. And oh I didn't. God, I thought, and he just kept popping back up. And <laughs> you're like, sweet Jesus, why? Why is he back? Her other friend was also intensely annoying as well. She she was as well. I can't remember who. Is that uh, Claudia? No, it was uh, Spring. Spring, that's right. Yes, Spring, of course. <laughs> How could I possibly forget? Uh, she she was uh, quite... I mean, her character is designed to be that way also. Yeah. To be a little intense and not very likable. Well, that's a, and it kind of points to what... It seems like she has a tendency to do is she's good friends with these people and they end up just like leeching onto her and sucking the life out of her. Yeah. And just put her down constantly. And there's so much negativity directed at her. 
She, well, and the, she has a really bad eye for friends. Yeah, and I mean, she's she's getting it from all angles, too, because she has a day job, and the people at her day job, the okay. customer, she works at a, at a clothing store, and the customers treat her like absolute garbage. Like, I, I don't even understand how yeah. people can uh, treat other people like that. And then, not only that, but her coworkers are, the, like the are, worst people. are big pieces of shit, too. Everyone's just a big piece of shit. Everybody. Yeah, and it's like, holy crap. I mean, if I had this girl's life, I don't know. I'd have to, like, I'd just have to move. I'd have to get out of the country. Yeah. I'd either move or just drink a lot. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah, self-medicate. Jesus. Everywhere she goes, it's awful. Yep. Uh, what'd you think of the uh, the visuals on this one, cinematography-wise? I thought they were all right. I mean, there was a couple sequences where I, I was kind of was quite impressed. Especially, I think it's her first... I think it might be like her first or second photo shoot that she goes to and how the camera's way back and it kind of catches her coming down the street and then crossing the intersection and mm. then taking apparently they have escalators outside or where all those steps it seemed like it was an escalator because she was going up pretty fast <laughs> and just the idea of an escalator outside just freaked me out i guess i'm <laughs> i just i'm not worldly enough to know that that's a thing <laughs> But the fact, you know, that the fact that they all they did that all in one take, and again, you know, it's just it's a simple scene of someone arriving to a photo shoot, mm-hmm. which you know doesn't have to look good, but it did. Right, makes that you know a small scene impressive and interesting. Yeah, I think for a, uh, a debut, this is uh, definitely solid. Definitely a solid debut. I just I can't take Arthur. And he just yeah. keeps showing up, you know, once you think that she finally, you know, when she flips out on him, you're just like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, you think that's it. You think it's over, but no. And then he comes back and you're like, why? You learned nothing. Why is this fucker still here? This, we're at the point now where I'm not feeling sorry for you. Now I'm thinking that this is your fault. Why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. Do you remember the tea kettle? Do you remember how he acted when that tea kettle went off? <laughs> tea kettle went off. Do you remember he's... how he acted when you gave him flowers and the chocolates? I mean, come on. The tea kettle yep. alone. Yep. Uh, definitely annoying, that guy. He's beyond annoying. He's in a different level. <laughs> he's in a level where, like, I don't, I'm just like, people don't act that way. I don't think no, that's, no. But... I really hope that people don't act. If there's a person out there that freaks out about a tea kettle like that, oh, sweet Jesus! I'm hoping that that all of these characters in this movie are, are exaggerations. Oh, God, of, I hope so. <laughs> of the real people that they may or may not be based on, uh, because if they are in, in any way close to that in real life, uh, God help us all. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's just that's just. There's no, there's no need for that kind of a response to a tea kettle. No, I agree. I mean, why do you put the kettle on in the first place? If you're just going to lose your shit over it. Yeah, if you're in that kind of a mood. Come on, Arthur. God. Get your shit together. Maybe tea isn't for you, Arthur. <laughs> okay? Maybe a Krig would help you out. Yeah. But I, get, I don't think he needs any more caffeine. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think coffee is the last thing that guy needs. He needs, um, what's that shit called? Like those pills that spies take, cyanide. 
Does that come in tea form? Maybe. I mean, you could probably put it in his tea. <laughs> That's what should have happened. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Chemical Cut? Um, I'd say quite impressive for again for a debut, but uh, just the, these ancillary characters just they just overtake everything, which I I understand is kind of the point, but at the same time, it was at times it's a bit rough to watch because of the because essentially you have a main character that's not a main character. Yeah, yeah, She's just buried underneath everyone else. Yeah, maybe that's kind of the way it was supposed to be. Is that she well, was yeah, just constantly in the shadow of these larger than life people that she surrounds herself with. Which is, like I said, I I understand it and I can see it to a point because it kind of plays out that you know at the end of the at the movie she starts working on a movie, which my guess is the movie that we're watching. Is this movie, yeah, which is great. I'm glad that you were able to pull yourself up out of all that negativity and you started creating something that's your own, give yourself a voice and everything. But maybe a more defining, like a more self-defining voice, like maybe a story that had some, you know, more substance to it than these people are awful. Yeah. Because... Uh, you chose to spend time with these people. I did not, and I would not. But <laughs> I had to now because you made a movie about them. I <laughs> uh, couldn't put it better myself. All right, let's go ahead and give Chemical Cut a score. I'm going to give this one a uh, 6 out of 10. I'm going to give a, a five and a half. All right, there you have it. That's Chemical Cut. Let's talk about some of what we've been watching on our watch list. Uh, I, I saw a bunch of stuff. I'm back in it. Last couple weeks, I've been I've been slacking, but this week came back hard. Uh, so that sounded weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I realized it after I said it. it kind of sucked, but. <laughs> but it ties in with the the Swiss Army man. Yeah, there discussion, we go. So you have that. Um, I started the week off with Synchronicity. This is a science fiction film uh, from director Jacob Gentry that came out. This week, it is available on VOD and in limited release. I wrote a review for this. It's up on the site. I actually like this one. I was kind of surprised because I've seen, I think, one other movie from Jacob Gentry. Mm -hmm. I saw uh, The Signal, which is not the newer Signal. It's the older Signal that came out. Wait, there's two different Signals? Yeah, there's not. it's not the one with Lawrence Fishburne. It's the other one that came out in 2007. Okay. Which is basically about a like a TV signal that makes people kind of go crazy. Uh, that it was okay, but I had some issues with it. Unfortunately, the same issues I had with that movie, which were mainly script and performance issues, kind of translated over to this movie as well. So this is kind of like a it's it's a time travel movie, but it's also kind of a romance movie too, which is it's an interesting way to present a time travel movie. Uh, I remember Ryan and I saw a uh, time travel romantic comedy back in uh, at South by maybe 2014 or so. And that was really fun. It was like an Australian one. But this this one's much more serious. It's kind of uh, it's like primer esque where everything is it's very like kind of presents itself as hard sci-fi where everything looks very real. Like the, the machines they use and things like that look very real. Uh, it's got this very dark uh, aesthetic to it where these people pretty much just work 
in the dark all the time. Like, there's no lights. There's just no lights. They don't use lights. Why? Which, it, to why me... Invest in some lights. I mean, if you're working me, on something as important as time travel. Exactly. It seems lights. a little a little counterintuitive that you would uh, be working in labs with zero light or such poor lighting. But unless, uh, unless you got, you, you're working with equipment that's like light sensitive, but I can't well, see that being a thing. I mean, it could be because they kind of open up a wormhole and it's very bright. They have to wear these. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's similar to predestination, which came out last year, which I also liked the one that was the one with Ethan Hawke. Uh, very mind bendy, like lots of folding back. It's very similar to primer where he just keeps going back over and over. And it just keeps, it's like layers upon layers of like him encountering himself and trying to sneak around and stuff like that. Really fun though. Um, so I would, I would give it a light recommend, uh, and that's called synchronicity. Synchronicity. Yeah. Solid, 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 uh, solid entry. Liked it. Okay. All right. Okay. I'd compare it to Primer and Predestination and Coherence, even. Ooh, okay. I'm kind of realizing now that the... Well, I think we already knew this, but there's a lot of time-traveling movies. There... Yeah, there's a solid number, and there's few... I like the ones that try to do something different with it. I thought the Predestination but, but doesn't that did. doesn't that seem like that's kind of the thing now? Like, everyone's doing something different Like, coming with up it. with a, a yeah. new twist? But yeah. that's kind of making it the standard now yeah. it's like you're not doing anything new you're just doing what everyone else is doing like it's, well it's kind of, I, I think there's like a quota that we have to hit every year well probably time. i don't think we're there yet i mean I, I think that there are few enough that it's still interesting when when one of them comes out because it's tough to do a time travel movie and to do it right true know? true i couldn't do it no they're very complex yeah Oh, uh, one other quick thing. Sorry, one I wanted to mention this the score in this movie because it, it was really uh, a standout for me. I freaking loved the score in this movie. It had the, it was like this '80s style synth score, and it just <laughs> you are a it sucker for synths. No, but it, it it really really added to to the kind of ambiance of this movie. It felt the movie felt dated. Like if you see a trailer, any trailers for it or any clips. Or even just look at the stills that I put on my uh, review. It looks dated. Uh, the way that they use light and shadow in it, it kind of has a dark city vibe. And the uh, the score from um, Ben Lovett is excellent. It's an excellent addition. Which he's done some things. He did the music for Sun Don't Shine. Oh, yeah. Black Rock and The Signal. Oh, yeah. Black Rock. Yeah. The Reconstruction of William Zero. You remember that one? That was yes. Was that a time travel movie? It was no, but it was sort of. It was sort of. Uh, but yeah, I would also I would lump that movie in with with uh, this one too. But he also did the music for Don Quixote, which I yeah. completely forgot about that movie. That was a nightmare. Oh, thanks a lot. I think he's the worst. It reminds you of things that are terrible. Uh, so you know, last show talked a little bit about that fifty. Two films by women pledge thingy that I pledged for, and I finally got around to like starting it up because you know three weeks late. Um, and I watched the uh, Second Awakening of Krista Klotz. This is uh, another film by uh, Maria Van Trotta. I saw this on the old Fandor. Number one Van Trotta movies. 
someone needs to restore these because she is highly, highly talented and really underappreciated. Even even in the realm of women directors, when people talk about women directors, she's not she's not brought up that often, but she needs to be. And again, needs to be restored because much like Sisters, the other film first that I watched on Fandor, this feels, it looks like it was just ripped from like a really shitty VHS tape. Like not only the VHS tape, but it was like ripped off of someone's shitty TV. Worst. Yeah, like they just set up a camera on a tripod and just played their VHS tape and then recorded it off of the TV for some reason. It, it doesn't look good. There's like, there's no, there's no definition to the colors. Everything just kind of bleeds together. So visually, it's a bit rough. Isn't it? You know, it's not really her fault. It's just a bad, bad transfer, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but the writing in this movie is pretty much perfect. There's not an extraneous line of dialogue. Everything plays into everything else or a call back or to call forward foreshadowing. Everything just works so wonderfully. The the characters themselves are like fully formed characters. There's so much depth to them. It's 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 quite remarkable. They just feel like real people, like with backstories and just you know it's just quite remarkable. And it's odd because it starts out as this all starts from um, this woman and her two male friends rob a bank because she's she's running this daycare and they run out of money and they need money. So she robs a bank and now they're on the run. <clears throat> but it doesn't really, it doesn't center around the bank robbery itself at all. Like there's just a quick clip of them going into the bank. Hey, give us the money. Boom, it's done. It's such a small piece to what this movie is about. But everything stems from that. And it's just them being on the run and trying to find help. And then, of course, the the uh, the place that she that she opened up that she did the bank robbery for, they don't want the money because it's dirty money. She's got to deal with that and everything that goes into it. There is an odd sequence where she goes back to an, an old friend, old friend of hers, um, that kind of like lets her hang out for a while because her husband's, he's off, he's in the military, so he's not home, so they can kind of hide out for a couple of nights and her husband's like really into hunt bats, which I didn't know was a thing and little bat hunting, little bat hunting, but with other hunting, I guess is you like to show off what you kill. So this guy's house just has bats pinned all over the wall. Just, but you know, wings out, just pinned into the wall, just bats, tons of bats, just all over the place. It's not like he has a room dedicated to bats. He just has bats everywhere. Like mm. bats at the front door, bats in the hallway. There's a wall of bats in the kitchen. There's a wall of bats in the living room. There's just, he kills so many bats. But the best part is they don't make it a thing. Like apparently that was just kind of, that's like a normal thing, I guess. I don't know. But I did find that amusing where they're just, there's just bats all over the wall. Interesting. It is, it is quite interesting. I don't know why you would do that with bats. <laughs> and that is the second awakening of Krista Clegg's. Yeah, from 1978. Check it out on Fandor. Get on Fandor. Uh, I saw one that is pretty much the exact opposite of what you just described. Uh-oh. And that's the remake of Martyrs. 
Oh, sweet Jesus. Wow. That just came. So that came out this weekend. Gave it a look because uh, uh, the the directors of this film, Kevin and Michael Getz, are friends of the show. We've had them on the podcast before, and uh, I, I like what they do. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe it's something. Maybe they did something cool with it. Unfortunately, they did not. Uh, it looks good, surprisingly. Uh, in fact, it looks so good that it, that there's no reason for it to look as good as it does. The the cinematography, the framing, it's just it's so artfully done, and the movie is such garbage that I just it's not enough to save it in the slightest bit. It's basically a it's not shot for shot, but it is it follows almost all of the story beats of the original the the original french film but the end is it starts to deviate a bit which is unfortunate because it's the end of the original one that brought everything together and made it so different and unique and kind of contemplative and this one it just kind of glosses over the whole spiritual aspect of uh, of what's going on and it just didn't work. It was just unnecessary. I mean, it is like the definition of an unnecessary remake. There's, it adds nothing to the story. And it's, it's not as, you know, one of the big things about Martyrs is, is how shockingly violent and gruesome it is. Mm-hmm. And this one is nowhere near the same level. Now, I'm not saying that a movie needs to be gruesome and violent, but... When it's a movie like Martyrs, where it demands that you witness these like horrible atrocities that are happening on screen, and it forces you to endure them, that's kind of the whole point of the movie. And when you have a movie like this, where it cuts away, you know, like there, there are several times where you know somebody will be shot in a violent manner, and it'll it'll cut away from that, or uh, it it will shield the viewer from what's really going on during some of the torture scenes uh i feel like that's kind of doing the story a disservice like you need to see what's happening here so that you can understand and feel the the horror that's unfolding and so that uh definitely wasn't doing it any favors either it just felt like it felt like a neutered version of the original really and uh, I don't think there's any point in going to see this or or seeking it out when the original came out in 2008. So it's not like it's really old, you know. Sometimes I can understand if you remake some like obscure film that came out decades ago. Maybe I could understand that, but ha- having it come out, you know, eight in 2008, there's just no point. To I, hope, it. I hope they do a thing that when it comes out. Like when it's actually released on DVD, that like Redbox just replaces it with the original. Yeah. So when people go and get it, they'll be like, "What the fuck? It's not in English. What are these subtitles?" That'd be and funny. And they're forced to watch it. Well, in the end, it'll be better for them. If they, it would be if they do it. So yeah, that's Martyrs. Big. I have a review for that up on the site as well. Big, big pass for me. Do not just just if you haven't seen the original, just check that out. And and the thing is, the original. It's not like a masterpiece or anything. I mean, it's I liked it. I mean, again, that's a movie where it's it kind of, you kind of makes you feel dirty to say that you liked it, but I thought that it was quite good, but I didn't think that it was transcendent or anything. Yeah. 
So that, that's martyrs. Hmm. That's all I got. Okay. Well, I'll try to breeze through uh, the rest of my list here. I saw your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key. Oh, I want to see 19... this. So this this is from uh, 1972. Uh, I've been wanting to watch a lot more Italian uh, horror cinema from this this time period because I love it so much, and I want to see as much as I can this year. This year, I want to I want to really round out my uh, giallo viewing. So I decided to check this one out, directed by Sergio Martino. Uh, I, l- I liked it. It's more, it's just kind of skirting the edge of what I would consider to be a giallo film. It's almost more of a gothic horror story, which I'm totally cool with as well. And uh, it, it's good. It's, it's sort of a murder mystery. Basically, this, there's this guy, he's, a, he's an author, and he's a total asshole dickhead. And he, he's abusive, he's a drunk, and uh, some people start ending up getting murdered in his town, and the police suspect that he's the murderer. And it's kind of a, a mystery as to, you know, who's, who's doing this killing? Who is killing these people? And, yeah, that's usually a question you want to figure out. But there's, there's a lot more to it than that there's all these kind of twists and turns and like his wife is just trying to deal with him being drunk all the time and being completely off the rails and abusive and then his his mom passed away not too long ago so he's still kind of grieving over that but then she also had this evil black cat that keeps attacking her like all the time like it just keeps randomly attacking her so she's trying to deal with that and then the guy's niece comes to visit and there's this weird love affair that occurs between the niece and him. So there's some incest going on here, but also the niece and his wife. So there's this, there's like all kinds of weird sex stuff happening. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting movie. I would, uh, I would recommend it. It's, it's got sort of an Edgar Allan Poe, uh, vibe to it. Seem, it seems like there's some uh, Poe influences in there. And uh, so this is, I think this is the second film from Martino I've seen. I just saw Torso uh, this uh, last year in 2015 as part of that uh, Giallo retrospective they had here in New York. And uh, I like that one a lot. I like that, that one more, actually, although this one I think is probably m- well more well-known. Uh, but yeah, it's it's solid either way. Man. I saw this on Fandor, and the the dubbing was all fucked up in this. And I'm I don't blame Fandor for that. I'm sure that it's just how they did it back then. But with Italian cinema, they, they, I mean, it, it was in Italian. It was subtitled, but they dubbed over their own yeah lines, and it was just rough, man. <laughs> it was <laughs> just <clears throat> there was one that I tried watch. I don't. I can't remember if it was an Argento. It might have been a Bava. I can't remember which one it was, but I only made it like 15, 20 minutes because I just I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, it's it's rough. Like I I understand it when they use because they used to shoot. They had the actors do the lines phonetically and then dub over it in English, so it looked like they were speaking English when they were just kind of you know saying the words phonetically. Yeah, and I, so I get it when that doesn't match up. But this was in Italian. <laughs> And it's like, why did you have to redub it in Italian if they're speaking Italian? 
I don't, under, I don't know. <laughs> it was just, and it, but it was done at times. It was so poorly done. But anyway, it, I mean, it didn't. If you're familiar with Italian films of this era, you just expect that. It's just something you have to accept. But either way, I still recommend the movie. I saw How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. This is a slam dance film that I can now talk about. Uh, this is uh, it's a sex comedy. It's kind of a, a light a light romp, light sex romp yeah. about this um, this author who her her mother is also a an author and she dies and she goes back to her her very small hometown to get her mom's affairs in order and she kind of rekindles some past relationships and through a series of events uh, ends up organizing uh, an orgy in this little town that she grew up in and it sounds pretty terrible but it's actually uh, quite fun I had a pretty good time with this one uh, we have a review for that up on the site I didn't I didn't love it but uh, it it made me laugh quite a few times so that, that that's it, it was uh, What's that? So it's got that going for it. Yeah, I mean, there there are a bunch of like little throwaway lines. Like, there's the scene where they're kind of trying to organize things, and they did the old uh, car keys in the bowl thing. The what's that called? The key key party or whatever. Yeah. That, they, that was big in the '70s. And the guy, the one guy goes, "I walked here, so can I put my fishing license in there?" <laughs> it was just the way he delivered that line was so funny. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I would I would recommend checking that out. It's a fun fun little indie comedy. Uh, and I finally I saw Nuts. This is screening at Sundance. This is a documentary by Penny Lane, who did R. Nixon a couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, this this documentary was fantastic. I told you just maybe a week ago that I'm I'm done with docs. Like I can't handle anymore. We're we're we get so many in, and I just there's too many and too many of them are just not that interesting they're hard to write about because you know it's like how do you criticize the documentary especially because nowadays a lot of them have the same kind of aesthetic to them they they all look very similar these days they all kind of follow the same formula well i can say this one does not this one is definitely it has its own voice it tells the story of John Romulus Brinkley, who is That's uh, a great name. Yeah, I know, right? That hell of a name. He was a doctor, and in 1917, he discovered a that he can cure impotence by transplanting goat testicles into men. Why not? Seems legit. <laughs> so when I when I read that, when I read the premise and I, and I saw the, uh, the the trailer for it, I thought. That's ah, just another one of these kind of quirky, kind of weird documentaries. But I, I sat down, I watched it, and it, it's it's so much more. Like, the way that it is presented is, I want to say borderline genius. And I can't, I can't say what, how she did it, because that'd be giving away certain things about the story. And this is the type of movie where you want to go in completely cold. Don't read anything about this guy. Don't. Don't, you know, do any research or anything. Just go into a cold and just let this ridiculous, unbelievable story wash over you. Because it is so much more than just some Kansas doctor replacing put, putting balls, goat balls into people. Goat testicles in people. 
Yeah, it, it evolves into something so much greater. And the way that she she uses separate biographies and separate pieces of text to piece together the history, and the way that she does it is just, it, it's great. It's great. And most of it is animated, so it's divided into chapters, much like the, uh, the books that this is based on. And each chapter is animated by a different animator. And most of, so most of the story is told in animation. And they have uh, reenactments. They, she mixes in reenactments uh, to fill in certain pieces. So there's like actual like, actors that are reenacting certain scenes from his life, and then, which is all animated. And then she also mixes in like f- actual still photographs, uh, video footage or, or film footage, and interviews with historians. And so it's, it's kind of a really a mixed media type of thing. But most of it is done through <clears throat> animation, and it's excellent. <laughs> so I, I highly recommend checking this out. I do have a, site, a review up on the site right now. It's called Nuts. So it, it just premiered, I think, last night at Sundance. Um, and it's going to have several more screenings throughout the festival. So I'm pretty sure that this is going to get picked up by, uh, by somebody. Uh, How can it not? It, it's, v- it's very high quality. And it, it kind of, it's kind of a hard sell, this one, because it sounds like, you know, when you read the synopsis, you think, oh, it's going to be like, um, you know, like one of those documentaries, like the, what was the one about the guy that collects the penises? <laughs> The, the last member or yeah, something. Or the, it, you know, it sounds like that, but it's it's so much more than that. There's so many twists and turns that take place, and the way that she structures it is just perfecto. So, hmm. yeah, be sure to check out Nuts. Um, and that, that that that's all I have. I will briefly mention, check out Baskets on FX. Baskets. I was so confused by that. Yeah. Really, that was just like, ba- Baskets? Is this a weird yeah. joke? Yeah, definitely uh, try to try to watch the premiere episode of that, and then let let me know what you think because oh, it's written by Zach Galifianakis and Louis C.K. and it is just amazing. And that's the funny thing is, is I read about it a couple of weeks back, and I was like, oh my god, this sounds like the greatest thing ever, and then I completely forgot about it in that yeah. short amount of time. His name baskets. His name is Chip Baskets. Chip Baskets. And he has a twin brother named Dale Baskets. Chip and Dale. And <laughs> and the the character of Dale is the the like the the gay southern gentleman character that he does. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my goodness. It's and it's amazing. And his mom <laughs> his mom is played by Louis Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Are you serious? Yes. Yep. And he's a rodeo clown. Of course he is. And he went to clown college in Paris. <laughs> it is oh my god. It is like right up my alley. It's just, it's a perfect blend of completely off the wall and weird and very dry ridiculous humor. <laughs> I can't wait. It- I can't wait to get into some baskets. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Just thinking about it makes me laugh. All right, let's talk about some predictions. Last week, fifth wave. You said eighteen. I said 
20 doesn't it kind of suck if it, it kind of sucks when we do like these major indie festival releases and then we do these predictions and we go back to like the dregs i know <laughs> i'm just gonna stop we're just gonna stop talking about mainstream hollywood it's stuff so sad because you talk about all these indies and you you put so much time and effort in trying to get them out there and you know champion them and sing praises and all that and then you come back to this shit and it's like this is what this is what's getting released right yeah are yeah you fucking kidding me yeah because we only we only do predictions for wide releases so this is this is it um the fifth wave you said 18 i said 20 actual 19 so it not a lot of love for that one seems a bit high the boy you said 27 i said 24 actual 27 right on the money it's interesting. Uh, on my Twitter feed, I've I've seen a lot of people saying that the the boy's pretty good, but then it only has a twenty seven percent. Yeah, I think that's one of those viral marketing things because I saw much of the same thing where it's like, oh, the ending of the boy. If you haven't seen it, oh shit. I mean, I'll I'll watch it, but I but won't see it in the theater. But it's weird because you're like, okay, you're like the fourteenth person to say the exact same thing. You're just bots, I think. <laughs> Bots. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Are you getting paid like fifteen bucks. <laughs> That's what they like call them. They're like, I want my money back for the boy, and they're like, we have something you can do. <laughs> we'll pay it back double. What we need you to do: just take a screenshot of a tweet that you send out. We'll send you back eighteen bucks. How about? <laughs> oh god! And then the person's like, but I saw it in D box. Like okay, I saw him diva. All right, I'll give you back forty. <laughs> uh, dirty grandpa. Jeez, you you said thirty-two. <laughs> Just listen to the names of the like. They can't even be bothered to give them to come up with names for these movies. Jesus Christ. Uh, you said thirty-two. I said thirty-six. Actual eight. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Kung Fu Panda 3. Uh, you know, I, I never liked any of the Kung Fu Panda movies. I only saw the first one, but I, I did not like it at all. Like, I, I'm i not quite sure why it was so popular. I'll say 58 on this one. The fact that it's coming out now has me a little worried. Or, yeah. or wondering about it. What are you thinking? Oh, Kung Fu. Kung Fu Panda you would just think that all the kung fu that he's doing, that he would lose weight. Lose a little bit. Lose a little bit of weight, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, just tighten that stuff up. He's still a mess, though. Um, <laughs> say, like, 40. 40. Right. Speaking of pandas, I saw a great uh, video of uh, a panda in Washington, D.C. Oh, in the yeah. snow. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and that panda video is better than the last six movies we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, uh, it was great. He kept trying to eat his foot. Yeah, we should have done a feature review of that panda video. That's what we should do. Damn it. He's so uh, happy. He's so happy. I wish I could be that happy about snow. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'd like to see what he how he feels after shoveling that shit for four hours. <laughs> see how fucking happy that panda is then. See if he's trying to eat his own foot then. <laughs> uh Gene got a gun. This is finally coming out 12 years later. <laughs> I heard they had uh, no trouble making this. 
I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, this one, man, I'm not so sure about this one. I have a feeling it's not going to be good. No, what are you thinking on this one? I'm thinking of 30. 30? Okay. Uh, I'll say 28 on this one. Or no, you know what? Yeah, I'll say 28, whatever. Mm. I like, I like Natalie Portman. Big Natalie Portman fan, but I think that this one's just, uh, some, it just, just fell apart. This one just fell apart. It's didn't just, work. Yeah. Uh, the finest, uh, finest hours. Oh my god! It's a Disney uh, film about uh, one of the most daring Coast Guard rescues on a on something. <laughs> something with fishing water boat. boats. And it gives a shit. Terrible accents. Thing is awful. I'll say I just, forty. I just love so, that line. Have you seen the trailer for this? Yeah, I've seen the trailer for for like every single movie in the last I don't know how many movies I've seen at the theater. I, I already I, one. I can suspect what line you're going to say. But go I just ahead. love it. Just more water. <laughs> <laughs> just the way the look on his face and the way he says it. <laughs> like this is the funniest thing I've heard all year. It's amazing. Is it a comedy? I hope it gets nominated for a comedy like because uh, and the Golden Globe for best comedy goes to the finest hours. <laughs> it's just more water. With <laughs> uh, such a serious look on his face, like maybe maybe she didn't actually know that there was more water on there. She wasn't sure. <laughs> he really saw it as an opportunity to educate. Oh God. I uh, I uh, I think that this one's gonna be pretty bad. I'm saying 46 on this one. I'm gonna say 12. Uh, yeah. These man, these Disney. This is a Disney movie too. So yeah, yeah. The the live action Disney movies. They just uh, they're definitely not my cup of tea. That's for sure. I saw a really funny pull quote where it was like, I can't remember who who which outlet said it, but it wasn't even. They're like critics are raving that the finest hours is the most courageous rescue in Coast Guard history, and it's like, how is that a criticism? That was just like them repeating the synopsis. Uh, <laughs> when, also, we don't we don't have to turn all of these things into films. Just a heads up. Well, the dude, they're turning that damn Sully Sullenberger yeah, movie. Like, they're we, turning that into a movie. We don't like, need. What? We just stop. Just stop. You can tr- like you guys can seriously turn that into a, a compelling two-hour-long movie. Give me a break. Well, that's the worst part is they're like, well, we have to make it two hours and twenty minutes. That'd be minimum. It has to be that long. It's like, do you have enough for that story? Well, no, but it has to be that long. Well, we'll come up with something. We'll, figure, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll come up with something. We got a we got a team of writers on hand. We got forty-seven writers. Someone will come up with something. Trust me. Oh, God. Fifty Shades of Black? No, this is just stupid. <laughs> uh, so this is the uh, latest from the, uh, I think, Marlon Wayans? Do you think that every movie he watches, like when he's watching it with people, it'll just be like halfway through and he'll just kind of lean over to him and be like, Psst, do you think I can make fun of this and make my own movie? <laughs> and they'll just look at him and be like, eh, I don't think so. But in this instance, they're like, yeah, dude, you got to do it. Yeah, probably. That's probably how it works out. Like that's the Either. only reason he watches movies. 
either that or he's like watching it with his friends and they're they're kind of uh you know doing their own little jokes mst3k style as it's (laughs) playing playing out and he's like hey you know what let's let's make a movie out of that (laughs) he's hiding in the corner taking notes they have no idea he's even there (laughs) uh let's what do you what are you thinking on 50 shades of black um 27 27 wow pretty high i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say four on that one uh uh that's the yeah Mm. Mm -mm -mm. no no that's unfortunate it's unfortunate and i like marlon wayne's too that's the worst thing that's it like just do do something like come up with something on your own just do something like your own idea or something well these movies make tons of money that's why they did it it's just it's an easy it's an easy cash grab you know he's like well you know what i want to buy a new yacht this year so I'll just make one of these dumb spoof movies. It's going to pay for a yacht. Whatever. Got that yacht collection. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, VOD next week. I don't have anything on the list. Wow. So, yeah. Everyone's just taking a break. Yeah, I'm going to try to go over all of the releases and stuff uh, sometime this week and see. try, try to get that list more up to date i mean i've been adding them in as soon as i get emails about them but uh there's there's some stuff i think that needs to get put on there so keep an eye on the calendar for uh, an updated version as the week progresses blu-ray next week we have goosebumps uh which i actually liked (laughs) quite quite a bit surprisingly i thought it was uh was pretty pretty good time never thought i would enjoy that movie but i actually did it was it was just it was fun. I mean, it was it did sort of remind me of Jumanji, but it was it was fun. It wasn't nearly as stupid as I expected it to be. The Assassin that was a disappointment. Burnt heard horrible things. Chirac definitely recommend checking that one out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot to add that to my 2015 list last year. So I, re- little... I remember when that happened. That was a that was a bummer. That was a... <laughs> Big bummer. That was a surprise. See, that was like a twist in our podcast. Yeah. Well, it didn't it Dude, didn't land on your? I don't know if it would have landed on my top twenty anyway. I just wanted to point out something because I'm doing this in my my office, and there's a window looking out the window. There's a fucking guy jogging, <laughs> jogging for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that's actually pretty much it as far as. Blu-ray releases. There is uh, an anime release called Corpse Party. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I suggest that. Uh, I know know nothing about it. Yeah, I I don't know anything about it, but I am interested in uh, a show called I'm guessing it's a show called Corpse Party, and then there's the subtitle Tortured Souls. OVA. That kind of gives you the, the feeling that it's not a party. No, I don't. I don't think so. Tortured souls. Hmm. What do we have on the? Uh... You think it's just a bunch of dead corpses farting <laughs> with boners? <laughs> uh, one one could hope. One, one could hope. <laughs> That's gonna be the new thing in movies. Twenty sixteen is the year of farting corpses, <laughs> perpetual boners. You heard it here first. Gonna oh, take over force feeding chicken. 
It's the newest thing. Oh my god. Uh, there's no criterions, by the way. No criterions. No criterions. Oh. Everyone's just taking a break. Guess we're just all right. Um, while you were telling me that, I was trying to look up a synopsis for Corpse Party, and I just I can't find one. And I'm on the Amazon page, but the only thing I'm seeing here is a review that's titled "It's a Party if you if you like corpses." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well can't argue with that i guess i i will look into this because uh oh uh, here here's the story it says a tale of survival in another dimension when a group of unlucky high schoolers are dragged there by a restless samara look-alike i don't know who samara is but the look-alike <laughs> Let me tell you, the plot is the most confusing aspect because this series is based on a few visual novels. The uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I found, I found it on Letterboxd. Corpse Party Tortured Souls. And the cover is the old knife just millimeters away from a, a, a girl's eyeball. This is, this, is, this is dealing with elementary schools. Yeah. Does it have a synopsis? It's, it's lengthy. Heavenly Host Elementary School is a legendary elementary school for ghost stories due to its mysterious past. This elementary school is an, a legendary elementary school for ghost stories. It was hmm. torn down following the murders and disappearances of several of its staff and students. And now another school called Kisigari Academy has been built over top of it. One rainy night, a group of Kisigari students still at school decide to perform the something charm which will unite them forever as friends upon the completion of the chart earthquakes transports them to the old school that was legendary for ghost stories. And it's haunted by murderous ghosts. Sweet Jesus. All right. So I'll be checking this one. out. <laughs> uh, it looks like there's actually a live action movie version too. Oh, you got that, kidding me. That came out. Uh, this... yeah, you know, it seems to be getting a lot of mileage out of this corpse party. That's how, that's how all these, uh, all these series are in Japan where it's like they'll have a game, they'll have manga, then anime and a live action version. They, they milk that shit. So yeah, there is a live action version too. So maybe I'll try to check out the live action version. CGV blitz two stars. What does that mean? CGV like computer generated violence. Maybe, maybe I'm, by the looks of it, I'm sure it has CGI blood. Yeah, everywhere. I'm sure. That's going to drive me crazy. All that shit. the place. All right. I think that that is going to do it for the week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And take a minute to look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. And consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson, and we'll see you next week.